Well, good evening, church. <laughs> come on, I hope. How are you guys feeling? Good, come on. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you're a good God. I want to thank you that you love us so perfectly, even though we're so imperfect. Father, I pray today, even as we enter into your word, Father, that you can soften the hearts that need to be softened, that you can open the minds that need to be opened. Father, that you can remove me and you can speak through me, Father. God, I pray right now that you go before us, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You guys can grab a seat. Grab a seat. And as you're grabbing a seat, turn to the person next to you. And tell them, tell them you look good. Tell them, listen, you're not done, you're not done. Tell them you're the best looking person here. Tell them no one's ever looked so good at a 6 p.m. service before. Okay, this might be a little awkward, but you got to turn to the other person now. And be like, this is awkward. You look all right. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but listen, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to share God's Word. I love sharing God's Word. It's a, I love it. And today we're going to be talking about how God's Word transforms us. And actually, there's a research that's been done that practices show that reading Scripture is actually the number one way to spiritual maturity. So come on. So we're going to dive into God's Word today because we all want to be spiritually mature. Amen? Amen. You guys are an interactive crowd. I love it. This is a good start. Now, here's a quick fact. Do you guys know that the average person speaks 7,000 words a day? Okay. Who knows a person that speaks more than 7,000 words a day? Just put, keep your hands up. Chris, we got a Chris over there. <laughs> keep those hands up. If you know someone who can speak over 7,000 words a day, okay, keep those hands up. Now, keep those hands up if you're sitting next to that person. Okay. <laughs> I'm making things awkward. I'm making things awkward. I'm sorry, by the time we finish this, some of you are just, you're not going to like each other anymore. But can we all agree, words are important. Words are important. They hold value. They have the ability, they have the ability to destroy, but they also have the ability to create. They have the ability to bring joy, but they also have the ability to bring disappointment. They have an ability to inspire and transform, but they also have the ability to damage and hurt. Words matter. There's a quote. It says that, be careful with your words. Once they are said, they can only be forgiven, not forgotten. Then there's another quote that says, words are free. It's how you use them that will cost you. And I think what's so cool is that God created everything, not by His hands, not by His feet, but He created everything through words. In Genesis 1 verse 1 to 3, we read that it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and, dark, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God 
said, let there be light. And as the, as the scripture continues, we see God creating a whole lot of other things through words. Church, words even made you. Can I got to explain that? Because I know I'm getting funny looks here. I'm not, I'm not saying that your mom and your dad went into a room and said, let there be child, and then bam, there you are. That's not what I'm saying. It's a lot more complicated than that. We're not going to get into that biology. But, right? Words even made you. The confidence that you possess could be through words. People speaking into your life. Some of the insecurities that you have could be through words. Words that have been said to you, words that have been said about you, or words that have been said around you. There is power in words. But there is a book that holds words that are alive. There's a book that holds words that have the ability to inspire. There's a book that has an ability to have words, that has words that can call you out of things. And this book is called the Bible. There's only one book that's alive. There's only one book that can resurrect and bring life to dead situation. And that, church, is the word of God. In Philippians 2, verse 13, it says that, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases Him. Now, how do we know what pleases, what pleases God? We learn that when we spend time in His Word. I think we all have this desire to please God. I know I do. Like we all have this desire not to disappoint God and to, to make God happy. And so often we ask ourselves, how can we do it? Well, it's in, it's in God's word. Read the word of God. And listen, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna jump straight into my points tonight. And the first point that I wanna make tonight is that stop trying and start training. You see, some of us are too busy trying to read the Word of God, and we're not training ourselves, and then we get disappointed when it doesn't work out, or when the Word doesn't come alive to us. So I want to encourage you guys, we need to stop trying to read the Word of God, but we need to start training ourselves to read the Word of God. I remember when I was younger, I, I did karate, and yeah, 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 I stopped at white belts. That's as far as I could go. So I did, it, I did it for a few months. My grand told me it's a good idea, go do karate. I wasn't really into it. For the first few weeks, I was. And then I got sore, and I was like, no more. So I literally, I'd get onto my bike, and I'd like ride on my way to karate. I'd see my friends playing soccer. So I'd get off my bike and, you know, play soccer for 20 minutes, and then I'd go to karate. Now, if there's anything you know about karate, martial arts, or anything like that, they're very big on discipline. So arriving late was not good for me. I arrived late three times, and I quit. I was like, I'm done right? But I was trying to be good. I, I, the thing is, it's not that I didn't want to be there, but it was just hard. You know, I tried, but it just, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't worth it, right? But then I look back at high school. I played a sport, I, I played hockey. I was about to say a sport called hockey. I don't know why I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I played hockey, right? And I remember when I got to high school, one of my goals was that before I leave this place, I'm going to play Western Province hockey. I told myself that. 
And I remember I would do 10 hours a week of extra practice. That's an extra two hours a day. Every single day, Monday to Friday, extra practice. And this was outside our team practices. This was outside the matches. But I was determined to play Western Province hockey. See, the thing is, I wasn't trying to do it. I was training for it. And that's the thing when we get into the Word of God as well. Don't try to get into the Word of God. Train yourself to be in the Word of God. And some of us have been, come on. Some of us have been trying to read the Word of God for too long. Trying is an attempt to, trying is an attempt to change with minimal commitment. Trying is an attempt to change with minimal commitment. When you try, it almost implies that you're trying to fail. Think about it, right? If you're climbing, if you're going rock climbing or something, I'm going to try and, and do this. Don't, don't try and do it, please. Train before you go rock climbing, just in case you... But when you try, it implies that you're trying to fail. And training is a wholehearted commitment to achieve a specific result. And that's the thing. When we read God's word, we're reading it to get onto God's agenda. We're reading it so that God can speak to us. So we're reading it so that God can guide us and show us our steps. That is, that is why we're reading it. We're reading it so that we can learn more about God, so that we can have a deeper relationship and a deeper revelation of who God is. So don't just try and read God's word. Train yourself. Get yourself into a discipline where you say, hey, at this time of the morning, I'm going to get up and I'm going to read God's word. Train yourself, even though I don't feel like it. Because I promise you, I mentioned earlier, I used to do those 10 hours of hockey a week. I didn't feel like it half the time. But there was a bigger goal. There was a bigger purpose to it. So I was willing to do it. Train yourself. And in 1 Timothy 4 verse 7, it says that don't waste your time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. See, when you're trying, you're trying to become something you're not. You become something you're not. But training is developing, is developing who you already are. You are already a child of God. You are already loved. God's already given you a purpose. So you're not training to become something you're not. You're training to become what you already are. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. Are you guys with me? Come on. To know God and His will will need to will blah, 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 blah. sorry guys. To know God and His will will know this by getting into Scripture. So in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17, it says that all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it. I love this part. Listen, listen to this one. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. We can't do God's work if we're not trained. That training comes through scripture. You see, when we put on the armor of God, the sword is the only thing that we have to attack. But if we're not using, if we're not trained to handle the sword, who knows that we actually, we're playing ourselves. We won't know what to do. But actually, as soon as we train ourselves in the word, as soon as we train ourselves spending time 
in the word of God, when we need to use our swords, we'll be more than capable to do so. Is that good? You guys with me? Awesome. And then the second point is that there's only one truth. There's only one truth. How much of our lives are determined biblically rather than through culture? See, the truth, and let's, let's call it what it is. The truth is, culture hates the word of God. Culture actually contradicts the word of God. See, and, and here's the thing what I find. Just because someone starts saying something and then that post gets a million likes, then all of a sudden it's a good thing. No, 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 but what, is God, what does the word of God say about it? See, as Christians, it's important that we always refer back to the word of God. We can't find ourselves in a place where we're trapped around culture and what culture says is good. What does God say is good? And in a 24-hour day, let's say you sleep eight, 16 hours you're exposed to culture. How much of that time are you exposing yourself to the word of God? In a 16-hour day, how many hours or how much time are you exposing yourself to the Word of God? Because you're constantly surrounded by culture. You go onto Instagram right now, you'll probably find five self-help books or five ways to get rich quick. You'll find all these things. But culture contradicts the Word of God. It wants to draw you away from this. And here's the thing as well, we can't be... Instagram bio Christians. So Philippians 3.16, you know, hashtag love the Lord, you know, or bumper sticker Christians, my favorite one, the t-shirt Christians, you know, John 3.16, it's on your back. What, is it, what does John 3.16 say? I don't know, read, you know, but we can't be that. We need to know God's word, church. We need to know God's word and we need to be hungry for God's word. Because we know that God's word can transform, can transform us. In Romans 12 verse 2, it says that don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing, which is good, pleasing and perfect. That can only happen when we spend time in the Word. And truth is, we live in a world, again, that has a lot of truths and opinions, right? We all have, we all have a truth. We can go outside, we can argue whether the sky is orange or blue, you know? Some people will say, hey, it's orange because of A, B, and C. Some people will say it's blue because of A, B, and C. We all know it's blue. I'm just making an example. Okay? But everyone has their own truth and everyone has their own opinion. But church, the truth is there's only one truth. There's only one truth and his name is Jesus. And <coughs> Jesus said, there's a scripture, <clears throat> John 14 verse 6, it says that, I am a way, a truth, and a life. No one can come to the Father except through me. No, okay, all the Christians in the room said no, okay, all right, all right. All the theologians said no, okay, maybe let's try this one. And Jesus said to him, I am maybe the way, 
if you ask her, I might be the truth, and I could potentially be the life. No one can come through the Father except a few other people and me. No? You guys not happy with that one? But here's what the scripture really says. Jesus told him, I am the way, truth, and life. No one can come through the Father except through me. You see, that little article matters. Because that makes Jesus the only way. See, he didn't make a mistake when he said the way. He is the only way to the Father. You can have your opinion, but there's only one truth. And I think for some of us, we've let our opinions cloud us from our relationship with Jesus. We've let our opinions cloud us from the transformation that we can receive from God's word. It's important, church, that we stay hungry for Jesus and to acknowledge that Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Amen? Amen. And I remember when I became, when I became a, a new Christian, I would read through, I would read through scriptures. And I'm, I'm a very logical person. I like, I like, I like to think logically. And you would, as a new Christian, you would read through like, you know, Jesus healing the blind. And like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We can, we can work past this, you know. But then obviously as your faith develops, you start to realize, wow. We serve a powerful God. And what's so cool is that we were up in Zambia uh, a few, like about a month ago. Wow, that's crazy. A month ago. And um, just to see the work that they're doing there is incredible. And we met one of the guys, John. And a few weeks ago, I saw in a post, John was standing next to this guy. And this guy was, had actually been blind for most of his life. And they prayed for him and they prayed over him. And his, his eyesight was restored. And for me, that just, come on, we can. For me, it proves to me that the God, that Jesus that healed 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus that will heal now. And, and here's, the thing, here's the thing about this one, this, this point. I need us to understand that when we go to heaven, it's not about us. It's not about us and our finances. It's not about us and the things we know. It's not about us. Heaven is about Jesus. Heaven is about glorifying Him. That's what we're going to be doing for the rest, for the rest of eternity. It's going to be about Him. It won't be about our Instagram bios, but it's going to be giving Him the worship and the praise that He deserves. Awesome. Can I, can I get the keys? This is quite short. I'm actually quite impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. And then the third point is that the word keeps us mission focused. And there's a scripture that says, when Jesus says, we need to carry our cross. And I think sometimes we can... We can mistake in that scripture too, we have to live on our cross. No, 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 no. He says, we need to carry our cross. You see, and I think sometimes we can live on our cross and live in that shame and live in that past and live in that place where Jesus died for us. But we need to remember that that price has already been paid. 
And he says, pick up your cross and carry it and follow me. Don't stay on the cross. And I want to encourage someone in this room today. Stop living on the cross and start living in the victory. Carry your cross, but live in the victory. Stop living in doubt and start living in certainty because Jesus is the way. He is the truth and He is the light. Luke 14 verse 27, it says, Oh, wow. Do, I have, do we have that? And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Church, I want to encourage you that we were called to make disciples. But we cannot, we cannot make disciples if we're living in a place where we're not transformed. We were transformed on the cross. Jesus is calling you to carry your cross and follow Him. Because there's a victory when we walk with Him. We are citizens of heaven. We need to be awakened to the fact that we are on a mission for God. We're on a mission for God. We're not on our own little mission of, okay, by 60, I'm going to have this. By 20, I'm going to have this. By 30, I'm going to have this. God, if it's your will, I know it is your will. I'm going to have this double story house by this age. God, I know, you know. No, no, no. God isn't committed to your dream. He's committed to His purpose for your life. But it's important. We can only know that when we spend time in His Word. His Word has the ability to transform us. His Word has the ability to build us, to inspire us. What does the Word do for us? Through the Word of God, we can forgive because we know that we've been forgiven. Through the Word of God, we can love because we know that we're loved. Through the Word of God, we can be outward looking. Through the Word of God, we can be generous. Through the Word of God, we can fight temptation. Through the Word of God, we can be encouraged. So church, can I just ask us to stand right now? And I don't know who in this room today needs to stop trying and start training. But we're going to get into a bit of worship right now. And I actually pray that right now, if your heart is hard towards the word, towards the word or if you, if you were like me in the beginning and you, you're too logical about it, I pray right now that God can just soften your heart and that you can just start training and stop trying. There was a man who on his way to work got hit. He was late for work. So he gets to his office and he tells his boss, hey, I'm so sorry I'm late boss. And the boss obviously asked, why were you late? And he said, well, the thing is, I was on the highway and as I was there, I got a puncture. And I got out the car, I was fixing the puncture. And as I was fixing the puncture, this two-ton truck came full speed and it hit me. It hit me, so I had to like clean myself up, fix the car tire again, 
and then make my way to work. And that's why I'm late. And the boss looked at this man and he said, a two-ton truck hit you and you're here. Church, we all understand that if a two-ton truck hit you, you wouldn't be breathing, right? But if a truck can cause so much damage in your life, how much can God's Word do for your life? Because we understand that God's Word is much bigger than a two-ton truck. And I promise you, when you experience Him, when you experience Him in His Word, when you experience Him through worship, there's just a radical change that you cannot explain. And there's, there's some people today that are saying, hey, I've actually, I, I want to start this journey with Jesus today. I want to make the decision to carry my cross. I want to make the decision to follow Jesus. I want Him to lead me. In a couple of moments, I want to, I want to give you an opportunity to make that decision. So church, with every eye closed, if you're in this room today and you're saying, I want to, I have this desire to stop trying and start training. I have this desire to stop my relationship with God, to walk this journey with Jesus. If that's you today, with every eye closed, don't you just want to pop your hand up? If that's you, we've got a hand right over there in the middle. If that's you, just pop your hand up. Jesus. Okay, as a church, we're gonna say, we're gonna say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you are Lord. And because of this belief and this confession, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed, and I'll never be the same. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Come on, church. Let's give, them, let's give a round of applause. Come on, let's show Tabela some more love. Let's honor him. Awesome. Awesome. You guys take your seats quickly. Just some reminders as we end the service. We've had a great day. This year, Table View, Malpas, and Camps Bay. Just a great day across the, um, the services. Next week is our final week of our Word series. And, and then we're going to go into a series called Financial Peace. We're also going to be looking in the, the next few weeks at putting out some really good parenting tips for our parents and future parents. So if you gang, you know what I mean? I'm a young adult. I'm going to be married one day. So just something we're looking at to really empower you. And then we also want to do a mental health day. Uh, where my wife, who um, really has a, a great intuition around that area, being a medical doctor and a pastor, just speaking into that thing. So that's what's ahead in the life of the church. So we are super excited for that. And then don't forget, next week, we are having Lucania's farewell service. Um, 
South Course, so Kanye is going up to Peter Marisburg uh, to take over the leadership of Cornerstone Church. He'll be the youngest lead pastor in our denomination. Um, he's promised to forever support Liverpool. Um, have you not written that? It's in the small writing, bro. I'm just saying. Sort that out. Anyway, um, one thing you'll never see in heaven is a red devil. Anyway, just because I heard him like say United there. But but um, we really want to bless the Kanye next week. So you can be part of that. And we, uh, we want to send him away well. We're sending our best. And um, you know, it's been an amazing season. In the, the last three years, well, is it, what is it, three years, two and a half years, I don't even know. You know, we, we've stepped into Malkbos and we've seen not only a miracle, but just a miracle of um, a fast tracking of two churches coming together. We've stepped into Camps Bay. We've sown into View Church, Cal's River. We've sown into Zambia, finishing buildings there in ch- a church. And now we're sowing our best into Peter Maritzburg. So it's just been an amazing season. So um, we really want to send him away well, not just with a handshake and a good luck. Uh, we want to be generous to him. So if you aren't going to be there on Sunday night and you want to give uh, with us as we give to, uh, give to Lacanya, you can just put in the account and reference Lacanya. Uh, but, but we're going to have some fun. We're going to celebrate you. And yo, we're so excited for you. And of course, we will always be sharing reports about what's happening there. Um, but listen, if you want us to pray for you this week, there are prayer cards in the seat coming in front of you or in the um, in the front row under your chair. And remember, this is the thought. Don't wake up wondering what's going to happen. Wake up knowing that we're praying for you. We want to partner with you. You might be carrying something. Don't carry it by yourself. Let us carry it with you. You don't have to put your name on the prayer card, but you can put your request there. And we will pray for it as a staff and our prayer team will pray for it. Then if you need anything about view group info or next steps, go to our red banner or use the card. And if you gave your life to Jesus, you can also fill out that card right there, um, just salvation, or you can write there following Jesus. It's actually your next step. It's a seven part sort of course that you can do on your phone, on your device. We'd love to give the link to you or you can go to our website and click there. But, but that's the next thing for you. If you gave your life to Jesus, you want to learn how to follow Jesus. And so that would be something I'd encourage anyone to do. Even if you gave your life a few years back, you've never done a foundational course, go online and do that. So don't miss out next week. It's our uh, fourth part of our series, Words to Live By. And then we have a massive celebration uh, for Lacanio because we believe this is a God season and it's going to be amazing. And we also want to thank Him for all the years He's sown. And remember, of course, if you want to get your child signed up for, for Rice Camp, there'll be a table outside as well. New people, you can grab your first coffee in the red banner. I love my view group. Have a great Sunday. God bless you guys.